as we acknowledge our utter dependence on the Spirit's work in our understanding of Scripture and the preaching of the Word, let us do so by our prayer of illumination. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, now as we hear your word, fill us with your spirit. Soften our hearts that we may delight in your presence. Sharpen our minds that we may discern your truth. Shape our wills that we may desire your ways. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament reading is from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, 5 and 6, and 8 through 10. Listen for the word of the Lord. All the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord and do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
It gives wisdom to the simple. Your words, O Lord, are spirit and life. The precepts of the Lord are right. They gladden the heart. The command of the Lord is it gives light to the eyes. Your words, O Lord, are spirit and life. The fear of the Lord is holy, abiding forever. The decrees of the Lord are true. And all of them just. Your words, O Lord, are spirit and life. May the spoken words of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart, win favor in your sight, O Rescuer, my rock. Your words, O Lord, are spirit and The Gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Listen for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh God, 
Open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, through Christ. Amen. Imagine one Sunday morning, the guest preacher at Grace Covenant is none other than Jesus Christ himself. What would be better than to hear our Savior preach from his very own lips? What message would he give to us today? The context of Jesus' ministry began with his baptism in chapter 3. Jesus was praying, the heavens had opened up, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. And a voice came down from heaven that said, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Verses 21 and 22. Jesus would then be led into the wilderness where the devil would tempt him for 40 days. It would be after the devil's trouble, spiritual, physical, and mental abuse, and temptation in every way, Jesus would begin his ministry. Catastrophic experiences often make us too battle-scarred, suspicious, and weary to serve others. But Jesus returns not an exhausted, battered, and limping survivor, weary from the spiritual battlefield, but full of the Spirit. Jesus would begin his public ministry in Galilee and preach healing to all those who would hear his word and specifically point his message of deliverance directly toward the wounded. All could then bear witness to his presence through the good news and live in the healing power of salvation. When the spirit of the Lord empowers us, we can testify to Christ's healing power in good times and difficult seasons because we can hear the Lord's voice who brings the good news to mend our broken hearts and bring divine healing. While we cannot compare Jesus' difficulties to our life, we are living in some very challenging times. With COVID-19 and the many deaths and lives changed, natural disasters, mass shootings, continued injustices, and other issues that do not have a label that affect our lives, many of us, if we're honest, don't feel the power of the Spirit or recognize the power of Scripture. Some might ask, if the Spirit of God is real, why do we feel battered and bruised? And if there is power in the scripture, why don't we see its results in the world around us today? And how do we know that God is working things out? Well, first, the Spirit of God is real, and we can live in hope and faith because Jesus is equipping us 
for a new wilderness experience. The same spirit that equipped Jesus for the wilderness equips us in and for the difficult seasons in our lives. We forget that Jesus did not come to Galilee and Nazareth nurtured by a seminary experience or an affirming faith community, but from the trouble and temptations of the devil. This is often our testimony. On the surface, some might say, well, Jesus can be tested by the devil and withstand all the dangers. But what about us? Can we withstand the temptations and assaulting of the devil? Some people, even believers, equip themselves with beautiful tools such as exercising, massages, minimizing tech time and other things to decompress and reset life to cope. Still, we must know the power of the spirit which can withstand dark and dry seasons is accessible to anyone who comes in faith. Verse 14 reminds us, then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee. Jesus was filled with the Spirit. Some of us can face the challenges of life better than others, but Jesus gives us the success for his ministry and for our lives. He walked and he preached in the power of the Spirit. Our Savior, of course, is uniquely empowered to the fullest measure. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Luke 1, 35, baptized by the Holy Spirit in Luke 3 and 22, and full of the Spirit in Luke 4 and 1. If Christ walked in the power of the Spirit, how much more do we have to depend on the Spirit? Our dependency on the Spirit allows us to live and thrive, enabled with hope and promise, even in the world where the devil is real and difficult seasons come our way. Believers must share who Christ is for us and with others. Sunday school, fellowship time, Worship services in person, over the radio airwaves and online are ways of experiencing Christ's love in the movement of the Holy Spirit that readies us for our Christian journey and helps us to live in hope by faith. With the Spirit on us, we no longer have to walk alone. Jesus did not walk independently, but relied on the Spirit's work. We can find rejuvenation and vitality when worshiping the Lord, who he himself set an example of the importance of regular worship habits. If anyone did not need to attend worship services, it was Jesus. But he demonstrates the power of the Spirit's presence in the Word of God. For Luke, teaching and preaching were the vital forms of divine revelation and preparation. For even acts of kindness or what we think are miracles can be misconstrued, but teaching involves a word. There's power in hearing words that symbols cannot divide. 
God created all things in a word. And through Christ's word, God speaks. And the spirit empowers, which builds us up and sustains us for life's journey and reveals Jesus's healing power. There is power in the scripture that makes a real difference in the world for us today. Jesus commissions us into an upside down ministry where those who are last in society are first chosen for Christ's message. Handed the scroll by the minister, Jesus unrolled the scroll to Isaiah 61. Jesus selected a passage that would reveal the infallible purpose of his ministry and to whom the scripture is fulfilled. Jesus could have opened with words of worldly wisdom or advice on avoiding the pitfalls of the devil or how to overcome tragedy in one's life. Instead, he gave the people prophetic words of scripture. What an example for us. If you notice, at the beginning of our worship services, the first words are always scripture. We're often amazed that when we start our day with scripture or prayer, it sets a positive tone for our day and others around us that we might recognize our daily bread readily. Luke, the physician, uses unique, two unique Greek words in translating Jesus' words for unrolled and rolled up, not seen anywhere else in the New Testament. The words can mean to open and close as in a book, respectively, but the former word, unrolled, in verse 17, was used in medical language related to opening out of various body parts. And the latter, rolled up, in verse 20, likened to rolling up of bandages. Luke reveals to us the authority and healing of scripture aimed at our brokenness. Christ, the great physician, not only opens us up in the reading of Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 2, but also transplants in Isaiah 58 and 6 to set the oppressed free. I wonder if those familiar with the Isaiah text could appreciate Jesus cutting out the phrase and the day of vengeance at the end of Isaiah 61 and 2, extending the present opportunity for salvation to the hearers and revealing the liberating message of the good news to all people. Jesus's declaration and mission statement is found in his reading. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As humanity groans in poverty, brokenheartedness, bondage, blindness, and being bruised, Christ announces himself in the reading of the word as the glorious healer of our maladies. 
If the congregation knew their scripture well, they would have appreciated the ancient custom of Jubilee by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was talking about a jubilee of jubilees, the great day of salvation, where the anointed one and the one sent has come in Christ to save us in our need. The power and upside down good news of scripture is that Jesus Christ comes first to the overwhelmed. Jesus awakens us into participation and sharing his evangelical, forgiving, and liberating word of God. And as one scholar notes, as we discover our purpose, as we love God and our neighbors in the here and now. How do we know God is working things out? The Holy Spirit is revealed to us when we are not distracted by the glitter of the world. God is working things out. As worldly astonishments can overshadow the presence and inspiration of God to us, so too the hometown hearers were distracted by the celebrity hometown boy, Jesus, standing before them. After reading the Isaiah passage, Jesus, as customary when about to preach, sat down and offered his revelation of the text. Can you only imagine the tension? I suspect all his friends, neighbors, and relatives were anxiously awaiting his words. What would Jesus say? And would he live up to the hype? The hometown folks knew Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary, the local kid who grew up with their kids, would have the attention of all the people. We are drawn into anticipation when in verse 20, compellingly says, the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. It is uncertain at this point if any of the worshipers or his kin really appreciated what he was saying when he took the moving declaration which the Old Testament put into the mouth of our, our uh, chosen servant and told them even as they were listening to it, it was coming true, that he himself was the servant long foretold. Were they listening? Ready to preach, and only a sermon Jesus could preach, and perhaps the most dramatic and controversial, controversial sermon, he says to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled, in your hearing. His prophetic, spirit-filled message could be, would be revolutionary to the hearing ears, again, upside down. Some scholars say the worshiper's assumption of Jesus' message was a political pronouncement. They expected an earthly salvation that would bring physical deliverance. Some wanted to give the poor a higher standard of living, a social revolution. Some wanted to heal the sick, a medical revolution, and yet others wanted to overthrow the Roman Empire, a political revolution. Jesus had the power to do all these things. That is what Satan tempted him to do. 
But Jesus came with another mission to recognize who he is for us in salvation from sin today and eternal life. And still, Jesus fed the hungry, gave sight to the blind, and released people from demonic possessions. What a powerful message for the church today, the gospel in action. But we must not be fooled by the devil that we have all the time in the world to reveal who Christ is, his mission, and our mandate to love and care for all of humanity. Jesus qualifies his words, the words of his public servant by saying, today. He could have just said, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, but prefaces it with the particular word, today, as opposed to yesterday or tomorrow. Our response to God's prophetic words of scripture or hearing the word preach ought not to be wait or say tomorrow. We must not be slow to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. Our old understandings and thoughts from yesterday should not taint us, nor how we might see and imagine the possibilities of tomorrow, that we lose sight of hearing afresh what Jesus is telling us today. Like Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, we have been empowered by faith to participate in the spiritual renewal, reconciliation, and wholeness through the anointing of our hands and feet in the power of the Holy Spirit. The real change that demonstrates that God is working things out is that Jesus incarnated into the messiness of our lives some 2,000 years ago that we might know God is active in our midst and the world, transforming the world until he returns again. The same spirit that anointed Jesus has been poured out on us it calls, anoints, and sends us to proclaim the good news at home, church, and our daily lives. We must be willing to go out dependent wholly on the Spirit, holding on to the Scripture in what theologian and author Daryl Bach says, what is in view, the spiritual and social transformation in a new community. We must be like Ezra in Nehemiah 8 and encourage others to hear the word of God with joy, not grief. The liberating and healing good news of Jesus Christ will one day all make us free at last. Still, in the meantime, God has amazing grace for you and me and others who have been wounded by wickedness, to whom his good news is directed. The Spirit readies us for the wilderness life, wilderness 2.0, where we can embrace what is before us in the hope of our promised salvation. Christ's ministry expresses his divine interest 
in transforming the situation of the poor, the oppressed, and the outcast, that our ministries involve participation in a concrete vision of the renewal of humanity. But we must first fix our eyes on Jesus and join in on what God is already doing in our midst. We can hear and know Christ's voice today, that we can live in his divine purpose, tasting the goodness of the Lord. As the psalmist says in Psalm 19, it is sweeter also than honey and the trippings of the honeycomb. Empowered in the spirit, today, this scripture is, has been fulfilled in your hearing, not an abstract fulfillment, but a complete fulfillment in the prophetic call from Jesus for us to have listening ears and a responsive heart. Glory be to God. Amen.